On today's episode, Unleash Your Power Within, Part 1. Welcome to the Run Smarter Podcast, the podcast helping you overcome your current and future running injuries by educating and transforming you into a healthier, stronger, smarter runner. If you're like me, running is life, but more often than not, injuries disrupt this lifestyle. And once you are injured, you're looking for answers and met with bad advice and conflicting messages circulating the running community. The world shouldn't be like this. You deserve to run injury-free and have access to the right information. That's why I've made it my mission to bring clarity and control to every runner. My name is Brody Sharp. I'm a physiotherapist, a former chronic injury sufferer, and your podcast host. I am excited that you have found this podcast and by default become the Run Smarter Scholar. So let's work together to overcome your injury, restore your confidence, and start spreading the right information back into your running community. So let's begin today's lesson. Okay, we're changing things up once again on today's episode. Uh, This comes um, in response to me completing the Tony Robbins Unleash the Power Within seminar. And it was a four-day event of very, very long days. I've discussed it over the last um, couple of episodes that you've seen here um, just briefly, but I want to go into a bit more detail and talk about part one of a two-part series that I'm going to do around your own um, limiting beliefs and what might be holding you back and strategies on how to overcome those, like I said, within health, business, relationships, those sort of things. And um, yeah, so this is slightly outside of my comfort zone, but excited to share what I learned through there. And this part one is what we call the success cycle. And I wanted to break it into two parts just so we can introduce one concept and then you can self-reflect and see how this applies to your own running. And then in part two, we'll do the, the another concept instead of just combining the two and then you're kind of um, overwhelmed with a whole bunch of things. So uh, if you can imagine this success cycle, it's almost like a circle connecting all four components or four factors and it's kind of like a never-ending cycle. So these four pieces, you have potential, you have action, you have results, and then you have belief. And if you can imagine those four words just printed on a page and they're um, in a never-ending cycle, they all like connect and flow within each other. And I'll break these down and then we'll talk about some examples. So this is the success cycle. This is like what you need in order to achieve or um, progress to success. And so your first one is potential. And when you think about what you think your potential is, what you think you're capable of, um, or what you don't think you're capable of, this is what comes under potential. So when it comes to running, do you do you believe you have the potential to complete a marathon? Do you think you have the potential to complete an ultra marathon, a marathon under four hours or under three hours? Do you think you have the potential to overcome your injury? Do you think you have the potential to run pain-free? Do you think you have the potential to um, do 10 repeat hill sprints, something like that? So it's all about this, um, where do you think your potential lies? And when it comes to other areas of life, say for other 
health, like diet or business, your potential is essentially infinite. Like you, you put the capabilities on yourself. Um, but really when it comes down to the true potential, it's close to being infinite. In most cases, it's infinite. You probably won't be able to run. Not a lot of us would be able to run a marathon in under two and a half hours, but, uh, completing a marathon, completing an ultra marathon, um, is definitely within our capabilities and therefore, um, within, we have the potential to do that. So understanding your potential is the first component. Then it flows on into action. So are you taking massive action in order to be successful? And the, the action is, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's just like steps that you're taking. Is it being effective? Um, and then what action flows into is results. So what are the results that you're getting? Are you getting small wins? Are you getting big wins? Are you getting um, negative wins or um, negative results? Depending and the results that you do get, whether they're small, big, positive or negative, will definitely um, be factored in from all these other these other components. So if all these other components are addressed or you're ticking all these boxes properly, then you will be seeing massive improvements and getting the, those massive results. If all these other components aren't to their full potential, if you're not utilizing them effectively, then you're probably going to be reflected on these um, in the results category. And it's important that we do focus on results because you can't measure or you can't manage if you don't measure. So we need something that you can measure. We need results that you can measure to see if you are moving towards success or if you're just um, becoming complacent. So when it comes to success, taking action, seeing the results that you want, do you believe it will work? And this is why it ties into belief and everything ties into the success cycle. If you have a running plan to prepare for a marathon, do you believe that that training plan will get you the results that you want? Uh, whether whether it is effective or not, it's whether you believe it to be true. Are your rehab exercises, do you believe that your rehab exercises will overcome your running injury? If you have that belief, then you're going to recognize your potential. You're going to take a different action. You're going to take a better action if you believe it to be true. And then you're going to be seeing better results. Hope that makes sense. Hope that flows in. Um, the other thing I could think of is medical advice. Um, and I'll go into a few examples after this, but getting advice from health professionals or doctors or surgeons, um, does this instill a different belief and does this impact the potential that you might have and therefore um, flow into the action and results that it might have? So I've got a few examples of how beliefs can be super positive and then how beliefs can be limiting or create negative outcomes and just from what I've seen uh, through my, you know, close to 10 years now of seeing runners, this is a, a few of the uh, beliefs that I come across. Uh, I might start with, I'll start with the positives. So um, some might have the belief that I believe my tendons are strong enough to tolerate any load that I put them through as long as I take the right steps and train smart and train accordingly. Another belief, I know this rehab program will work uh, my injury was due to silly training errors. So that's like if you've listened to most episodes of this podcast, this is why in most cases people do get injured, but a lot of people have misconceptions or different beliefs as to why they actually got 
injured. They might have blamed um, other circumstances or their shoes or, or uh, they're not flexible enough, something like that, um, when really all they did was uh, a spike in training. So that's a, another belief. Just quickly chiming in here to let you scholars know, I have just updated my five-day injury prevention challenge. This is one email per day for five days, learning new concepts and diving into the science on how you can reduce your risk of injury. The sign-up link is in the show notes, so fill in your details and I'll be waiting for you in email number one tomorrow. Uh, another one I can think of, I can finish this marathon if I put in the work, or I can train for this marathon and succeed if I put in the work, or strength training will help my running. That's another belief that uh, a lot of runners have, but some don't. Then we get into some negative beliefs or things that limit your potential or just um, self-limit a lot of the actions that you take and the results that you get. I thought of one myself. Um, this is one I had probably about five years ago, and I was believing that I'm not built for marathons. And at the time, I did one marathon, but I was injured tra the whole way through training, and my I, I got just under four hours, but it, my training itself wasn't ideal because I was managing so many injuries for so long. Um, then when I dropped back down to, and continued to do half marathons and I was quite successful at that and, um, I was getting through, you know, three or four half marathons without injury and I was feeling good about myself. And I just created this belief that if I was to train for another marathon, injuries would ensue. I'd get, um, I'd be struggling through my training again and I'd have another subpar kind of result. So that's just a result or that's just a belief that I gave myself that I'm just not built for marathons. Maybe I'm too big. Maybe um, my body just can't handle the mileage, all that sort of stuff. So obviously having that belief is going to limit my potential or my perceived potential. Therefore, if I were to say, oh, let me just give a marathon one last crack, it's going to, um, the, the action that I take will be super different because my belief is still in locked in there and then that will impact results. Some other negative beliefs that I hear a lot is that I need orthotics or else I'll get injured. Uh, if you've listened to other episodes, you know that that's not true. Um, I'm always sore because I don't stretch enough is another one, especially um, across a lot of Facebook groups, I see that. Um, I'm not going, I'm always going to be out of breath when I run. My sister talks about this all the time. Um, just has a belief that I'm just not fit enough or I'm never going to be fit enough to enjoy running or um, just be like all those other runners that never get out of breath. Um, and yeah, that, that's just one, another one I thought of. Um, I don't have enough time to run consistently. Well, um, depending what consistency is, but if you have that belief, then that's the result that you're going to get. Um, and I'm going to finish with, in these negative beliefs, I'm going to finish with granddaddy that I, uh, I had the other day with a client, um, a surgeon actually told her a couple of years ago, she had a tendinopathy and the surgeon, um, addressed her by saying, try other treatment methods if you want, but sooner or later, you're going to end up back here and needing surgery because tendons don't heal. And that's just devastating. As soon as I heard that, that was absolutely devastating. Um, and how is someone, because everyone trusts surgeons, everyone trusts what surgeons say above doctors, above health professionals, above 
anyone else. And um, what they say holds so much weight and their words have so much power that it's going to create beliefs for a lot of people. And if surgeons are saying that tendons don't heal and what what's that going to do to your potential? If you have a, an injured tendon, you're probably going to be like, okay, I'm destined to have this tendon injury. I'm destined to have this tendon pain for this my whole life unless I have this surgery. What that What is that going to do to the actions that you take? You're probably going to feel helpless and really not try a whole lot except this eventual surgery um, or inevitable surgery. And it's going to impact on the results that you take, uh, which means it will probably result in the tendon getting weaker and the tendon becoming more painful. And then what that does is flow into your belief again that, yes, like um, my tendon's getting worse because tendons don't heal. It's just getting worse and worse and worse. And yeah, creates that momentum, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, So the main thing that I wanted to talk about today and how we're going to kickstart this success cycle is we need to start by changing your beliefs. Now, remember, a belief is a feeling of certainty of what something means. And so I have some examples here of some beliefs and how you can almost reframe or teach yourself to have another belief. And this is what I see a lot. So change your belief from I'm doing damage every time I run in pain A lot of people run with managing an injury and sometimes they run with pain. Sometimes it's a little bit sore afterwards, sometimes a bit sore at the start of the run. So a lot of people have the belief that when that happens, you're actually doing damage. So that's a belief. If we can change that to saying that evidence shows that low levels of pain during a run that stays quite low 24 hours after a run is actually a good sign that the body is tolerating your run or tolerating whatever load you just put that through. So a gentle shift in education, a gentle shift in insight, a a gentle shift in belief will allow you to um, have more potential, take greater action, and then get better results afterwards. And this is totally true. This is a lot of beliefs that people have, and this is what the evidence has shown. And it's mainly around, you know, three to four out of 10 levels of pain during a run is considered acceptable. I'd probably want it to be anywhere between one and three. It doesn't have to be zero, especially if you've been managing this injury for quite a long time, let's say beyond four weeks. If it's a one week injury and you're running with pain, I would probably say take a day or two off. But if you're continuously managing this injury beyond four weeks, sometimes it's into months, sometimes it's into years, then it's definitely okay to run at low levels of pain, uh, keeping in mind that it doesn't creep up during the run. It doesn't go from a three to a four to a six, keeping in mind that it doesn't get significantly worse that uh, once you cool down or later in the day or the next morning. If they all stay at below a four out of 10, then that's a good sign that we're tolerating things well. And so that's something to keep in mind. It's a huge um, belief shift for anyone, which can unlock potential, which can increase your results. And yeah, you can start seeing improvements. Another one is my injury will never get better. I see this a lot, um, particularly around high hamstring tendinopathies, particularly around plantar fasciitis, particularly around um, myself when I had, you know, five, six years of Pezzanserinus tendinopathy. I was constantly thinking it's never going to get better. I was just going to have to live with those um, those effects. So 
the limiting belief of my injury would never get better and shifting that to my body is capable of amazing things. We know the body is capable of a lot. It can adapt to a lot. And also, I am capable of amazing things. If you just think about that, think about the potential that you could have, think about the actions that you would take, and think about the results that you'll get if you swap, switch that um, belief. And I am a firm believer. I've overcome six years of tendinopathy um, to now. Uh, when did I record that? Probably about four or five months ago. Now being symptom-free, pain-free, and running 10Ks, running fast mileage, um, and feeling really good about myself. And now my belief has shifted to my body is capable of amazing things. I just need to implement the right things. I did everything really diligently and got the results that I wanted. Uh, Another limiting belief, I've tried everything and nothing has worked. I see this in a lot of Facebook posts. I see this in a lot of interviews or subjective assessments that I do. They've seen physio twice, chiro once, they've had injections, they've had shockwave, they might have had surgery on or discussing surgery and they say to me, I've tried everything and nothing has worked. Have you really tried everything? Uh, because that's a belief that you give yourself and that's going to limit your potential, that's going to limit the actions that you take and the results that you get. So if we just reframe that, if we just swap that to... Um, something along the lines of if I don't see results in four weeks of fully committing, I am resourceful enough and creative enough to pivot my strategy. And I highly recommend this for a lot of people. If we implement a strategy and we're not seeing any results in four weeks, then we need to change something up. Something needs to be done. And that's not to say that you'll become pain-free or you'll see a significant gain in four weeks, depending on the person, depending how chronic in nature it is we should see a slight fluctuation in the right direction within four weeks. And there might be a few hiccups, there might be a few um, flare-ups along the way, but it should be tending in the in the direction of improvement. Otherwise, we need to change up something. Um, so changing that belief from I've tried everything and nothing has worked to if I don't see results in four weeks, I, I am resourceful enough and I'm creative enough to pivot my strategy. That puts a lot, that's very empowering to believe and it put your potential, you're going to see a shift in your results and then you're going to start solidifying that belief. But momentum also heads in the other direction. Like I was saying, if a surgeon says that your uh, tendon is never going to heal, I'll probably should use a different example because I've already just used that. Uh, let's go through, where are my negative beliefs? I need orthotics or else I'll get injured. Uh, let's use that. So if someone has the belief that they constantly need to wear orthotics because uh, if they don't wear them, then your foot, their foot's going to be in pain or they're going to run and get injured. Um, that's a, a lot of belief that some people have. Limits their potential and will limit the action they take in the opposite direction. So the action, they're not going to take a lot of action. They're just going to wear the orthotics as much as they can. And I do see this a lot with clients who start with a little bit of foot pain who don't have orthotics but then they're given orthotics and they feel a lot better but what that's doing what the orthotic is doing is allowing support for the foot in most cases which offloads the foot in most cases so the uh, structures of the foot the structures the plantar fascia the achilles and all that um, actually drops because you're relying on something else so if you rely on something else it's similar to putting your leg in a cast uh the muscles aren't going to work as hard, therefore they're going to get weaker. 
Therefore, when you take the orthotic out, when you're not running and maybe just go for a, a hike or a, an hour walk, because your structures are weaker, they're going to get more sore. Then you feel the need to, okay, now I need to wear my orthotics when I walk or when I go for a hike, which further contributes to the uh, tissues getting weaker. Therefore, now that when you, anytime you walk barefoot around the house, anytime that you um, walk upstairs or go to the gym without support, the foot starts getting sore and you're thinking, yeah, okay, this just confirms my belief that I need to wear orthotics or else I'm going to get injured or my foot's going to get sore. And you just see this momentum shift in the opposite direction because it keeps confirming your belief and it keeps limiting your potential because every time you take those orthotics out, you start getting foot pain, confirms your belief. Um, when really, if you shift that belief to my foot, uh, once I my foot is just weak, I just need to address my foot strengthening exercises. I just need to build up my capacity. Uh, then I'm capable of a lot because I know my body can adapt to a lot that I put it through. Then that's that just triggers another belief that we need to st- and start heading in that positive direction. So pay attention to momentum. Pay attention that it could flow in the positive or negative and could start um, solidifying your beliefs in one direction or another. That's what I have. How'd I go for time? I want to keep these quite short. I kind of want to keep it at about 15 minutes, but I was talking a bit longer than usual. Um, so recognize that. A, a little recap. So we have the success cycle. These are the four key elements of success. You have your potential, what you're capable of, and, potential, and your potential is infinite. The actions that you take, are they effective actions? Are you taking massive action towards uh, what you want? Then the the third one being results. Are you getting the results that you want? And the last being your belief. And they all flow in and create this circle of success. So um, if you wanted to kickstart your success, you need to start by changing your beliefs and then working in the right direction. So that's a little recap. And I wanted to allow you the time to self-reflect see what you think, see if you've identified any self-beliefs or limiting beliefs that you have. I know I've identified a few and shared a few on this episode. Um, Next time, what we're going to do is record part two and it's going to be around running with fulfillment. And so didn't want to combine the two, we'll separate them. Um, So in a couple of days, you'll get part two and uh, you'll hopefully have worked out, worked through part one, thought of some things that you need to change and then it won't be too overwhelming once we unload part two onto you. So hopefully you enjoyed this change of pace. Um, if you did enjoy this change of pace, let me know on social media or Facebook or uh, wherever you find me. And yeah, we'll catch you next time. I'm excited. So see you then. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Run Smarter Podcast. I hope you can see the impact this content has on your future running. If you appreciate the mission this podcast is creating, it would mean a lot to me if you submit a rating and review. If you want to continue expanding your knowledge, please subscribe to the podcast and get instant notifications when a new episode comes out. If you want to learn quicker, then join our Facebook group by searching the podcast title. If you want to take your learning to the next step, including injury prevention principles, injury-specific insights, and modules to boost your running performance, then head to our website by searching runsmarter.online and jump into our Run Smarter Online course. Once again, thank you for listening and becoming a Run Smarter Scholar. And remember, knowledge is power.